With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. From Lives in the Balance, the nonprofit organization committed to advocating on behalf of behaviorally challenging kids and their caregivers, this is Dr. Ross Green. Welcome to Collaborative Problem Solving at Home. I'm delighted that you were able to join in. This program airs live each Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time during the school year. We explore a variety of topics aimed at helping you better understand and help your challenging child and implement the collaborative problem solving approach at home. If you have a question or comment, call 347-994-2981. If you call in, you'll be muted until I bring you on the air. And now, let's talk about your challenging child and what we can do to help you make things better. Hey there. Welcome to today's program. I'm delighted that you're able to join in, either live or listening to the recording of the program. Uh, This is our special post-Thanksgiving edition of Parenting Behaviorally Challenging Kids. Did you survive Thanksgiving? Planes, trains, automobiles, family, turkey, 46 million of them I was reading. Um, Well, I hope uh, you had a Thanksgiving that was uh, easy to be thankful about. Got to read you this email that we received. Remember a while back, we had a uh, parent who we were uh, talking to on the phone um, who had to travel cross-country with their behaviorally challenging kid. Um, Well, she she emailed me. um, Let's see. Doesn't really matter when, but uh, right after Thanksgiving. Hi, Dr. Green. I called a couple of weeks ago about our six-year-old son and his interaction in the car with his two younger brothers, ages three and four. A couple of days after our talk on the program, I took my son out on a date just to talk. I said to him, I noticed sometimes in the car you hit your brothers. What's up? And he said, I don't know. But this time he wasn't stressed when he said it. We talked a little more, did some CPS, and I found out really why he hits, per se. Not really why he hits, per se, but somehow we came to a solution for how to deal with it when it does happen. Uh, And it was thought up entirely by my six-year-old. He said when he or anyone in the family is getting frustrated and feels like hitting or yelling, we could yell, break, and all five of us get out of the car and run around for a while. So, on our 2,500 miles of driving over the last two weeks, we did just that great thing is we really didn't even have to do it that much thanks to you and your cps approach to things and thanks to lots of new dvds and games to play so he would not get bored i really do want to thank you and i also want to encourage the other listeners that it really does work my husband and i are so grateful that we heard about cps when our kids are little 
and we can keep perfecting our parenting and have a good relationship with our boys as they grow up, but most importantly, to understand and love our challenging kid. Thanks again, mom of three boys in Florida. I love getting emails like that. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not even sure, mom, that it was done to perfection, especially since the, here I go being picky. You know, I should just let it go, shouldn't I? I'm delighted to hear that it went well. Now, I can't resist the temptation to be picky just because I want to make sure everybody knows you, you don't usually want to start the unsolved problem with a behavior. Although, you know, maybe with a six-year-old, that's um, what it might have taken to help him understand you were talking about. I, I try not to start my unsolved problems, my empathy steps with the behaviors, because there's some kids who uh, will shut down on you if um, they hear their behavior being thrown at them. You, you were specific about the location. That part's great. And, um, well, this is me just being funny, not picky. I could see that solution working in Florida in January, you know, running around the car for a while. I don't know how well that would work in Boston during the winter in January. But there I go being picky again. I'm delighted that the car trip went well. Still sends shiver up my spine to think of three kids ages three, four, and six in the car all together with one of them being behaviorally challenging, but you did it. But the most important part, I think, of the email is that collaborative problem-solving not only offers what to do, it offers lenses. And I honestly think that lenses are the most important thing um, because sometimes this takes a long time for things to get better. But at least you got the right lenses on and you're on your way. So the whole understanding part is crucial. Understanding why your challenging kid is challenging, lagging skills, demands for those skills. Um, understanding that there are specific conditions in which that occurs, unsolved problems. can't tell you how many parents I've worked with who just felt that it was a bit of a revelation that challenging episodes weren't unpredictable. They were occurring under specific conditions. Even the surprising ones, even the ones that I guess we could call surprising, are still demanding the skills your child is lacking. It's just that the surprising ones aren't routine. They're the ones that sort of pop up, but the lagging skills still explain why it happened and those are those are good lenses to have on I'll take them any day over manipulative attention seeking coercive unmotivated limit testing they are much more compassionate much more accurate much more productive lenses so I don't I don't know if running around the car and yelling brake is going to work forever you might need another solution at some point along the way and that wouldn't work in certain geographic areas. And there's probably people listening to the program who are thinking, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I, I'm not particularly judgmental about solutions. As long as they meet two criteria, 
they got to be realistic, meaning the parties that are involved in the solution can actually do what they're agreeing to do. And they got to be mutually satisfactory, meaning the concerns of the parties involved in Plan B have been addressed. Of course, if, if the concerns are going to get addressed, they've got to be well identified. Can't tell from the email if that happened, but and that's why I'm wondering. You might you might have some more Plan B to do on this one uh, if that solution doesn't stand the test of time, and it probably won't. I, I personally would love to get a much better understanding of um, what exactly it is going in the car there, going on in the car there. That's hard for your son, but I'm delighted that you've got collaborative problem solving lenses on and that's perhaps the most important thing so thank you for your follow-up email i always love getting those let's turn don't see any callers so let me get that number again 347-994-2981 feel free to call in let me turn to some uh, other emails that i've received lately uh here we go Hi, I have a seven-year-old son who's in the first grade. I'm writing to you in hopes of getting some information, confirmation, and ultimately resolution to an ongoing battle between our family and those other adults that our son deals with on a daily basis. We've had opinions from preschool teachers, caregivers, including current teachers, who always say that there is something wrong with our son. We've had over five different developmental evaluations, three behavioral evaluations, hearing and speech evaluations, etc. Every time someone offers an opinion that something is wrong, we get the results that ultimately show there's not anything wrong, but rather the opposite. Our son is academically ahead of his peers in math and is reading at a second or third grade level. Remember, he's in the first grade. Where he is having issues is now emotionally and behaviorally. He's very hard on himself, is actually quite a perfectionist. He feels it's not okay to make a mistake. Unfortunately, he started in a private school that gave him the message that it was not okay to make a mistake. It was not okay to feel certain things, feelings, for example, unfairness, unsafe, etc. Because he was not allowed to feel, we sought the help of a licensed play therapist to see if she could offer some ideas on how our son processes things. We've read books on highly sensitive, highly spirited children, which all seem to try to define him, which all seem to define him to a T. Uh, the therapist offered CPS and Plan B as a place to start to try to help our son and us work through his unsolved problems. Most of the problem is at school. A lot of times he will shut down and not communicate at all with his teachers after he's had a complete meltdown. Or when asked what the problem is, he'll simply say, I don't know. Usually this revolves around handwriting assignments. However, the teacher's mentality is that he's mentally capable of doing the work, so he just needs to do it. But through listening to your radio program, I'm learning that it's obvious that it's not the work that's the issue, but the unsolved problems that are overwhelming him and inhibiting him from completing the task. We're just starting this out and have filled out the lagging skills section. I think you're referring there to the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems. But now need to follow through with the next step. I want him to have successes and learn the skills of self-regulation and not getting so overwhelmed that he cannot decompress while he's at school, therefore causing his day to continue to go downhill. 
I guess my question is that since we've now completed the lagging skills section, we need to look at what causes the unsolved problem and work toward possible solutions, correct? I think with the most of the adults that work with them are seeking a diagnosis rather than a solution to the actual problem. I'm not reading now. Uh, yep, I can understand that that might be the case. Back to the email. I've tried to convey to them that he's a bright, somewhat gifted child and needs guidance to feel a part of everything. He is a child that has never responded to rewards or consequences. He wants to feel cared for, understood, special. He sounds like the ideal Plan B child. Thoughts? Thanks for doing what you do. I look forward to hearing from you. Well, you're hearing from me now. Thanks for your email. Um, let's see. You've filled out the lagging skills section. That's good. I don't know what rendition of the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems you're using. Uh, get the feeling you might be using an old rendition, and I'd recommend you use the new rendition. You can find it in the, on the Lives in the Balance website, uh, www.liveswithavinthebalance.org, in the paperwork section. And there you will find the new rendition of the ALSIP. And what you'll see, I don't know, maybe you do have the new rendition, is that the way I recommend you do it is actually to figure out what skills your son is lacking, and as you're identifying a skill that he's lacking, then write in, in the unsolved problem section, examples, uh, in, in, in times in which that lagging skill is causing difficulty. Those are your unsolved problems. And I want him to learn the skills of self-regulation and all those other ones you mentioned as well, but those are hard skills to teach directly. Those skills are actually more likely to be taught indirectly through solving problems collaboratively with your son. So the main point of the lagging skill section is to help you get the right lenses on. Why is your son having difficulty? Because he's lacking skills. When do those difficulties pop up? When those skills are being demanded. These specific conditions in which your son's lagging skills are being demanded, those are called unsolved problems. And uh, you've given us a few hints here. But part of the problem here is that the unsolved problems that you're talking about, as you mentioned in your email, are mostly occurring at school. The big question is, um, and I think the answer is probably going to be yes, do you need to collaborate with the school folks on coming up with a comprehensive list of unsolved problems? I can't imagine that the answer would be no, mostly because your son is seven, and I don't think actually chronological age probably wouldn't matter, but I don't know if you're going to get a comprehensive list of unsolved problems out of your son based on what's going on at school. I have my doubts. So um, you may have to collaborate with the school folks. Um fine. Uh, maybe that'll help him get the right lenses on, too. Boy, do I hear this a lot. He's capable of doing the work, so he just needs to do it. Um, boy, there's so many things kids are capable of doing, but a lagging skill is getting in their way, and they're not as capable of doing it as people thought they were. In which case, I wouldn't say that they're capable of doing it certainly not consistently. 
So maybe not a bad thing to collaborate with them so they can know what skills your son is lacking. Maybe that will help them get the right lenses on. I've seen that happen. In fact, that's the goal. Um, So you do need your list of unsolved problems. And then you'll have to pick a few as your top priorities. You've mentioned writing. That's that's jumping out at me here. I wonder if there's something about writing. Of course, difficulty completing writing assignments, difficulty getting started on writing assignments, a swell unsolved problem to get the ball rolling on. And just to our caller who's standing by, I'll be with you as soon as I'm through responding to this email. Um, Then it's time to start doing Plan B. But we need our list of unsolved problems first. So one little point of clarification. Your question was, uh, now that we've completed the lagging skills section, we need to look at what causes the unsolved problem. Nope, you're adding a step that you don't need. The rest of your sentence and work toward possible solutions, correct? Correct. But the solutions are to the unsolved problem. The cause of the unsolved problem, if you've completed the lagging skills section, you already know the cause of the unsolved problem, lagging skills. No no step in between there. Lagging skills and demands for those skills equals unsolved problems. Now you just want to be really specific about what those unsolved problems are. You don't really need to think a whole lot further about what causes them. Lagging skills and demands for those skills are what cause them. Get your list of unsolved problems. Figure out what your top two or three priorities are. And then comes the hardest part, doing plan B. And one more thing. I don't know any kid that doesn't want to feel cared for, understood, special. So I'm glad that that describes your son. And I'm glad that he sounds like the ideal Plan B child to you, and I wish you every success with Plan B. And feel free to email back or call into the program if, plan, if you have trouble with Plan B. But if he's the ideal Plan B child because he wants to feel cared for, understood, and special, well, then every kid's the ideal Plan B child. hope that answers your question. And... I hope you'll call in or email back if um, you need more help along the way. All right. Let's see if our caller is still there. Our caller is still there. Area code 832. How are you doing today? I'm great, Dr. Green. How are you? I'm good. What's up? Um, well, you know, just listening to the, the last couple of emails, you know, I can relate to everything that – uh, you've just said, and 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 uh, I've read through a lot of materials on your on your websites, and I've I've read about half the book, uh, Explosive Child, and um, but I we just feel scattered and trying to figure out kind of how to start. What we have is a six-year-old who is uh, very bright. He has challenging behavior at home and at school. Um, actually. Uh, uh, we we saw quite an increase in his challenging behavior when he when he started school. He just started first grade. Okay. Um, kindergarten last year, kind of the same thing. Um, and he, he, um, 
we've struggled with so many things. Of course, trying uh, Plan A as we were as we were uh, taught by our parents, and and uh, uh, did not seem to have a lot of effect. In fact, every time we administer any kind of punishment, my feeling has always been that uh, he interpreted it as we're mean. He never associated the punishment with his own behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so we just kind of get to the point where we think, okay, well that's not working. So what do we do? And and I really appreciate um, your your concept of of changing your lenses, and that's helpful to me. But because he is so bright, and because he is way ahead of his age in 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 some areas academically, um, we find ourselves very confused about which issues are developmental and which issues are um you know something that could be uh corrected with traditional discipline and and i so i guess you know when we look at when we do the uh, assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems certainly he he lights up many of those things but but there are some that we don't know is that is that a a, a lagging skill or is it or is it something else that he just doesn't want to do it because sometimes we ask him to do something and he just says no i'm not doing it and uh, so I'm, I'm trying to figure out where to start um, in terms of um, uh, psychological testing, uh, neurological testing, or just um, uh, I don't like the idea of, of you know as you as you've clearly stated, and I like the way you say it that there's no there's nothing to be gained from the diagnoses. Um, because I don't want to put a label on him and put him on medication. We want to figure out, you know, what we can do to be better parents. And 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 I wish I had a crystal ball. What's the prognosis? You know, if we just if we just relax and just let him be, is he going to turn out okay, or is he going to end up in prison? And because uh, we honestly don't know where we're headed uh, with that. Um, a majority of the time, his behavior is splendid, but then when when it's bad, we just want to throw our hands up and quit. It's it's horrible. Um, because he's destructive, he's unreachable, um, and uh, um, so so maybe give me a hint about how to get started on this. All right. First of all, thanks for calling. We, we actually don't get many dads calling, so I'm always ecstatic when a dad calls. Okay. <laughs> and I don't know how it's going to turn out either. But I got two kids, and I don't know how they're going to turn out either. So there's the uncertainty of parenting. I find the best we can often do, number one is do our best, and number two, try to move things in the right direction now because I don't know what's going to happen down the road. Uh, So I don't want to think too much about down the road. I totally understand that when you have a challenging kid, Worst case scenario, he ends up in prison. Best case scenario, I don't know whatever your vision of the best case scenario is, but um, the best you can do is try to move things in a positive direction this week, this month. And if you pile a bunch of weeks and months and years together, I doubt that your son's going to end up in prison. I think that if you pile a bunch of good weeks and good months and good years together, his outcome's going to be as good as it could be. So 
one of the things I sometimes I'm just glomming onto one of the things you said. I'll turn to some of the other stuff yeah. in a second. Um, I, I totally appreciate your concerns for the future. As a dad myself, I find myself thinking about the future and then suddenly say to myself, well, um, I guess you can think about that if you want to, but it's like asking where the stock market's going to be in 10 years, too. I have no idea about that either. Let's huh? see if we can put together good weeks, good months, good years, and the outcome's going to be as good as it can possibly be. Another question okay. you had was do nothing versus what should you do? I I given, you know, um if if you're concerned, I wouldn't do nothing. I don't I don't know your son, so um you know, there's some things I would say do nothing on, but what you're describing is not something I would do nothing on. You've got a kid who's getting upset frequently enough for you to be concerned and for you to call into this program and for you to read The Explosive Child and uh, do some research on this. That sounds plenty concerned to me. So uh, do nothing, I don't think, is in, in the cards here. Um, in terms of what I think you ought to do, you're, you're already doing a lot of what I think you ought to do. You're halfway through The Explosive Child, and you're trying to learn as much as you can about behaviorally challenging kids and your son in particular. And that's those are the beginning steps in the right direction. Um, so I don't think I don't think doing nothing is going to be an option for you. You've, you're concerned enough to do all the things that you're doing. Let's let's do something. If, if, if I can interject for a second, when I say do Go nothing, ahead. well, I guess what I'm really trying to say is, is it possible that he'll grow out of this? And and yeah, my gut tells me, not not really. Uh, he'll yeah, need some guidance to grow out of it properly. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. And I, I'm trying to think of something that kids grow out of, per se, and I'm having trouble coming up with anything that kids grow out of. Um, so I don't, I don't really bank much on kids growing out of much of anything. Um, okay. Yeah, you know, I suppose they grow out of babbling when they start using real words, and they grow out of using real words when they start using sentences and stringing a bunch of them together. But I, I wouldn't call that growing out of it either. I'd call it learning. And... I think that what your son is telling us through his behavior, as they all do through their behavior, is there's things getting in my way. And here's here's the most important thing I think I heard you say, and you said a bunch of important stuff, but um, he's he's great a good part of the time. And then he's not. And when he's not, and by the way, uh, what I'm describing here is everybody's challenging, kid. Right. They are great a good part of the time. Some of them are great more often than others, but all of them are great some of the time. When are they not great? When skills they're lacking are being demanded by the environment. That's what I find is when. Um, and that's when they don't look so great. And then life starts to get real interesting because how not great they look, you know, what they look like when they're looking bad, there's a whole spectrum there of ways that they can look and um, I, as you've sort of mentioned, I don't find that to be the most important part at all. Uh, what he looks like when he's looking bad, he sounds like he, you know, kind of looks pretty bad, but not as bad as some, and not as good as others when they're looking bad. He sounds like he's somewhere in the middle. So, you know, for what it's worth. But as his concerned dad, I think the best thing you can do is figure out what skills he's lacking, 
figure out specifically when those lagging skills are being demanded by the environment, unsolved problems. So if you haven't done so already, I would encourage you to do exactly what I encouraged the emailer before to do, and that is go to the Lives in the Balance website, go to the paperwork section, download the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems, figure out what skills your son is lacking. It sounds like you might have done that already. Then a really important part, Figure out what his unsolved problems are. When is he getting upset? Teeth brushing, homework, uh, you know, um, getting along with a brother or sister, getting ready for bed at night, getting ready for school in the morning. You know, they're some pretty standard ones. All of them. All of them. All of them. Okay. <laughs> and then prioritize. Um, and if you're only in the middle of the explosive child, I don't read the explosive child too often. But I think that you're about to read about Plan B, if you haven't already, because um, that, that's what you're going to do next. I, I, I have read extensively about Plan B and watched your video examples and, and, and listened to uh, the, many of the archive radio shows. So I'm certainly familiar with it. And I guess what I'm thinking maybe a place to start is, is journaling um, his episodes of challenging behavior so that we can try to come up with a way to predict it because there's a few things we can predict but we still find ourselves thinking oh god why now why are you doing that right. now right when we so, when you... here's the deal uh, whenever i'm sitting with parents trying to figure out why why now and i'll translate that into when mm -hmm. um, so just as an example some folks who i met with recently uh, clearly it was a homework, and clearly it was teeth brushing. Those were the standard ones. And um, let's say that these parents have a kid who's a very concrete, literal, black-and-white thinker, and let's say that they agreed with me that the skills he was lacking generically were flexibility, adaptability, frustration tolerance, problem-solving. And then Let's say they threw a few of them at me that were surprising, that, that they said were in the we-didn't-know-that-was-coming category. After they told me, I said, uh, well, did that involve flexibility, adaptability, frustration, tolerance, or problem-solving? They said, absolutely. I said, then it really wasn't so surprising. They said, yeah, but it, that's not one that comes up very often, right? But well, let's say that I said to them, but... Did you see that one coming a mile off, even though it doesn't come up often? Could you have seen that one coming a mile off? Yes. Well, then it was predictable. So now let's take let's take it out of the abstract. Do you want to – I'm just going to put you on the spot. It's okay if you say you're not sure. Right, you wanna, is your son inflexible? Uh, he is inflexible, absolutely. Easily frustrated? Yes. All right. Um, does that... Overly dramatic. Say that again? Overly dramatic. Overly dramatic. That, well, we won't, we're not going to count that one. Right, right. okay, okay, I understand. That's, that's what he looks like, but I wouldn't call that a right. lagging skill. What, right. do you want to yes. tell us one that you and your wife were scratching your head saying, now where did that come from? Oh, I guess just, you know, when we, um... You know, one of the hardest things, and I'm just picking one because it's like the most recent, is just driving in a car, and uh, he just gets noisy, starts screaming, and uh, um, and and that's probably boredom. I, but 
But here's the good we news. have to be able to ride in a car. <laughs> yes, you do. So we just identified a highly predictable unsolved problem. Now, here's what I mean. How often does that happen? Because you, the way you worded it makes me think it, it's not like a random event. It it happens sometimes, right. at least. Yes? Uh, almost, yeah, daily. Daily. Boy, is that predictable. Yeah. All right, so right. now, I don't know what lagging skill leads to that, and you said it's probably boredom. You you could be right. You might not be right, but I guess we're going to find right. out if you're right when we do plan B with your son on that unsolved problem, but not while he's already going nuts in the car. Understand. Before even get in the car. And here's what it would sound like. I've noticed that sometimes when we're in the car driving, you get really noisy. What's up? I okay. can't wait to hear what he says next. I, 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 thought, I thought that was behavior. Well, that is behavior. I was thinking that as I said it. I noticed that sometimes when we're driving in the car, it's hard for you to um, sit quietly. That's the expectation. Yes? Right. Yes. What's up? Now I can't wait to hear what okay. he says. You're right. And then let's learn the skill to, to drill down because I know he's going to say, What's he going to say? I don't know. I just don't like it. <laughs> and now we're going to start drilling. So you, you have been listening. Right. Uh, I, yes. So you don't like it. Can you help? I'm, I'm confused. What do you mean you don't like it? Uh, now I don't know what he's going to say. Do you? Right. No, sir, I don't. Now we're going to find out. So he might say that he's bored. He might say that it's hard for him to sit there. He might say there's something going on in the car that's bugging him. I don't know what he's going to say, but whatever he says is his concern or perspective on that unsolved problem. Now we know something that needs to be addressed to solve the riding in the car unsolved problem. Mm -hmm. Now the fact that it happens now, um, the fact that it happens daily, highly predictable. And the beauty about that is that we can deal with it proactively. We can have this conversation way before we're riding in the car again. Want a homework assignment? Yes. Do it. And call back okay. next week and let us okay, know let what me, you let me, let, me, let me throw another little wrench in the, in the thing here. Go ahead. Um, part of our challenge is that I'm, I'm working out of town and, 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 uh, and my wife, bless her heart, is uh, is there with our two children. The other one is younger and easy, easy, good, uh, no no challenging behavior. Um, and so, so a lot of what um, <laughs> part of my of our challenge is that is that I am listening intently and doing everything here, and I'm relaying this information to her, and I don't do it near as skillful, skillfully as you do. But I think that we. She's on board and is willing to try, you know, whatever we can because she's the one that's, you know, battling sanity herself because uh, it's it, it can be quite difficult, especially alone. Yep. Um. So so but 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 we'll do this and uh, um and I'm I'm sure that um I'll, I'll I'll be able to have her listen to this episode and so she can follow along and I'm you know we'll we'll just get started. That's the thing. Um, you're you're on your way. 
But you're right, that's a bit of a complicating factor because you're the one who called in and she's not. What? <laughs> it, it would be especially a complicating factor if she wasn't on board and didn't have these lenses on. And um, that's worth uh, grappling with and talking about with her. It doesn't sound like you are never home. You're home no, That's right. That's right. So you could do plan B with your son when you are home. She could try doing plan B when you're not home. You guys could do it together when you are home. And, yes, uh, people who are brand new to this don't do it as good as I do. And the only advantage I have is practice. Well, and you know, as a as a as a side note, little tangent here, the, the, I say this is not just for challenging children. This is for all human interaction. If we, if the whole world would switch to this, I think we'd have a lot less conflict. So we're well, eager to learn this skill. On that one, you're preaching to the choir, but um, I couldn't agree with you more. So listen, now you know the phone number. You've already done the bravest part, which is calling in. Actually, the bravest part is to try on new lenses, calling in is also brave. If you need help with this, you know where to find me, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, every Tuesday. Thank you. You bet. Thank you for calling. (laughs) Bye. And so the journey begins. Actually, our caller began his journey when he got onto the Lives in a Balance website and started reading The Explosive Child. Beginning the journey is sometimes the hardest part. Now, we do have another caller. My reluctance here is that we only have about seven minutes left in the program. Always risky, but we're going to do it anyways. From area code 207, dead giveaway, you're in Maine. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks so much for taking the call. You bet. Um, okay, so I, I have an almost five-year-old son who presents challenging behavior, and I've read The Explosive Child and you know have a bunch of information which is wonderful for me, but we are around a lot of other people, you know, with playgroups and birthday parties and family gatherings, and I'm just wondering if there's any sort of, you know, reference or, you know, one sheet of paper that would highlight, you know, some of the reasons why kids are challenging so that it would explain that it's not their fault, because if somebody, you know, sees a meltdown that my son has or, you know, he has an issue that comes up while we're around other people that don't understand the things that I know. It's really hard for me to, you know, summarize the explosive child in three minutes. (laughs) So I just wondered if you had any information that I could give out to other people and and also highlighting that it's it's not because of the passive, permissive, inconsistent, non-contingent parenting. There is a one-sheet, there's a one-sheeter, on the Lives in the Balance website. Mm-hmm. Let me see if I can find it. Let me see if I can find it. I think it's on the What is Collaborative Problem. Am I right? Yes. No. Yes. Um, on the on the Lives in the Balance website, in the mm-hmm. What is Collaborative Problem Solving section, Okay. in the fourth paragraph... You can download and print out a one-page description about collaborative problem solving. Only does that, one thing. Okay. Go ahead, go ahead. I just wondered, does that talk about 
you know, the issues that these are, you know, skills that they don't have and it's not it a willful choice to be that, challenging? That does, I, I think it, I mean, I think it does a decent job of that. Okay. Here's all I'll say. Um, if somebody doesn't have these lenses on, some sounds like you have somebody besides a five-year-old, yes? Yes, we actually have all four right. boys, age six and a half and under. So oh we have a lot of interactions. Oh, my. <laughs> you know, prevent us opportunities to use our plan Bs. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you. Um, I, you know, you can read through the one-pager, and if you have some suggestions for other things that could be on it, let me okay. know. I'm always open to ideas there. But it's a good one-page description with as much information as I can put on a one-page. Here's okay. the only caveat. Somebody's not wearing these lenses. I'm often skeptical about whether one page is going to get the job done. Okay. That's a tall well, order for one page. So I often think of the one pager as the beginning of the conversation, but not necessarily something that will stand alone. Okay, I see. That's that makes sense. The main we just, thing. You know, we just came out of the holidays, and there was, you know, sometimes where. It's interesting because our, our eldest son has Tourette's and sensory processing disorder, so there's certain things that he's allowed to do because of his body makeup that nobody else is allowed to do. And with our second-born, there's certain things that come out of his frustration, um, you know, possibly cussing, that nobody else is allowed to do and sort of get away with. And it's very hard in front of other people to manage, I don't know, you're not going to manage their perceptions, but to, to explain why the rules are the way, the way they are set up in our family. So... And maybe, Just looking for some help. <laughs> um, maybe a one-sheeter will further the mission, and maybe it won't. Okay. It's a it's a tall order for a one-sheeter, but I'm definitely open to suggestions on anything that you think the one-sheeter could include that it okay. doesn't include. I've also heard for like you know there are some children that have autism or they have certain things that are going on that, you know, when people are out in public and, you know, an episode happens that parents sometimes are able to, you know, hand the people involved a card that says, you know, this child has autism, just to leave them with something rather than the people not understanding anything about what might have happened. And I, I know for idea. me that, yeah, that for me in times in the past, I, you know, I've been in a fabric store and there's been an altercation between my son and another child that I didn't see. And I would have loved in that situation to be able to hand, you know, the parent of the other child something to say, this child is not, like, willfully malicious or, you know, isn't doing something on purpose to hurt your child. He was just presented with a situation that he couldn't handle. Or I just to give them a little window to say there's something else going on here. I love I, it. I'm not, yeah, something. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start working on it as soon as this radio program ends. Oh, great. Thank you so much, Dr. Green. But do let me know if you think that one sheeter um, could include anything that it doesn't. And I, I love your card idea. And Okay. Um, I'm going to get on it. Great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. This is the first time I've been able to listen to the show, and I'm so happy that it's here. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy that you're finding it useful if you are. Yes, I am. Thank you so much. Thanks for calling in. All right. Bye-bye. You bet. Um, well, um, we did manage to do that one in under seven minutes, didn't we? But that's probably all we can do for today. Actually, i got one more thing I can do for today. i got another email I can read you, another 
very touching one to uh, close today's uh, program. Oh, now wait a second. Oh, there it is. Hold on. Um, Dr. Green, I just read the first couple of chapters. All started crying, like you know my son, like you were writing about him. We've been living through the giant meltdown since he was a toddler. Many of his tantrum triggers are related to obsessions. When he was a year old, his fixation was light switches. At two, it was elevator buttons. Now at age six, he builds amazing Rube Goldberg contraptions with Hot Wheels track blocks, marble rollways. But if he gets interrupted or his contraption doesn't work, it's the end of the world. Fits where he screams and flails for an hour and we lose patience and yell back or force use force to restrain him. It's just like the other kids you wrote about. So reassuring to know we're not alone. Can't wait to read the rest of the book and start using, learning to use Plan B. I just had to pause and say thank you so much for writing something that exactly addresses our situation. You are so welcome, and thanks for giving us a nice way to uh, end today's program. Parents panel next week. Can't wait. Talk to you then. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.